Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It ain't easy now. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing still. How can I fight this obsession? Have I not learned my lesson? Maybe I Steeler fans, this is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 p.m. We're pretty much on time. Where else would you rather be? This is the Scobro Show. And with me, as always, it wouldn't be the Scobro Show if it wasn't for Big Bro Sco. Rich, how's it going? Oh, it is going because and it is going wonderful. Why? Because the NFL season is upon us. Yeah, I mean, do you realize that in less than 48 hours, there will be a regular season professional NFL game going on? I won't be able to watch it because I'll be doing the preview, but there'll they'll be a game. And that one's not on. That one's actually Sunday Night Football, I do believe. It's not till the next week that it starts Thursday Night Football uh, when it's uh, ex- exclusively on Prime. I've got to make sure I got that set up, ready to go for, for all those things. but. That's a whole different story. I'm excited about professional football, but not just any professional football. We're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are. um, Let's dive into some news before we get into the subject. I mean, the subject is talking about the game this week. That's the subject, ultimately. But to get ready for this game, a couple things. Let's talk about something that has nothing to do with this game. This will be the second press conference that happened today, the one that was supposed to appear on Steelers.com and Facebook and Twitter and did not appear on any of them. But it was one Art Rooney II, team president of the Steelers, announcing 
that they are adding another number to the retired jerseys list. Now, there's a lot of jerseys that they don't they haven't issued since other people have worn them, but only two numbers have been officially retired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've got Ernie Stautner, um, number 70. I looked that up today. That was retired in 1964 before he ever even went in the Hall of Fame, like right after he, he retired. And that was the first and, and only one. Yep. And then nobody until Mean Joe Green when they retired it in 2014. So you've got 70. Okay. You've got, I almost said 72, right? Um, you've got Mean Joe. But of course, you now have number 32, Franco Harris, going in have, to have his number retired. It will be done during halftime of the game that's commemorating the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Rich, thoughts? Oh, sorry. I've just been singing the, you know. Franco. Go, Franco. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, you know what? If, if you're. He deserves it. Yeah. You think running back Pittsburgh Steelers. 70s dynasty. Who you say? Who you thinking about? Sure, Rocky Blair was there and ran the ball mm-hmm. plenty, but it's Franco. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now remember, I didn't get to experience really any of this. I was not old enough to experience it live because uh, Franco was already all, all, already gone by the time I really remember anything with the Steelers football. So. Yes, he did play that one year in Seattle at the end of his career, but we don't even need to think about that. Oh, I but, remember. Uh, uh, I know. Don't think about that. Why? Because yeah. I remember the last game I think he played in. He had three rushing attempts for three yards. Mm. Yikes! Yeah, that was. But yeah. but you know, not only did I see you know see Franco play on TV, but I actually got to see him play in person. So that was yes, cool. you did. You did because I, I you know what I. Barely remember that. I barely remember that because I the when you were there because I'm pretty sure I was at while you guys were there. I might have been with our mother at my um at our grandparents while you were at the game. Yes, you so all you were. That's what I remember just saying, oh, dad. And I and I remember who you went with because they actually did, didn't you all meet up there? I'm trying to remember. No. Um, I can't, I it doesn't matter. I was so I was so young. But uh sorry if you heard some noise in the background. Not only was it my dog barking, it was just a huge crash of, of thunder. There was a huge flash in my face just a minute ago. If you're watching live, yes. Sorry. Hopefully, Rich, you're gonna have to carry this show if I lose power. There, there you ready go. to go? <laughs> of course, I'm ready to go. Yeah. So th- people this might is pretty... actually enjoy the show then. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> probably. Uh, you know what? I would probably enjoy this show. There you go. Uh, I've done a lot of podcasts. If in case I had, I, you know, with the breaking news ones and then the press conference today, it's, it's been a lot in the last couple of days, but of course, in typical fashion, what do you hear? Some Steelers fans do They They want to honor Franco. And what do they do? Well, why not? Number 12. Why not this? You know, why not this? player that player the other player you know sometimes you just you, you just got to go with with yeah. with what you got 
So congratulations, Franco Harris. Uh, that'll be interesting on Christmas Eve, which I really look forward to working on Christmas Eve. But hey, um, it is what it is. For those of you that are in a life situation where you can attend the game, go enjoy it. Seriously, it would be phenomenal. I wish you're they would have done you're, it. You're going to have to work on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and it's ruining your Christmas Eve plans. Guess what? What's what's up? Me too. Yeah. <laughs> We've both got to work for the game that night. Got to do it. Got to do it. Got to do our thing. So, um, I really, I was really banking on them. I thought they would actually do a special Friday night game on the twenty third on the actual day. That would have been so cool because with that, I'd have made sure I was there for that one because then you know who cares if I'm up and having to drive home all all night if the next day is Christmas Eve and not Christmas Day. So, um, just one of those things, but. Let, let's get to it's boy, was it a frustrating day because after that announcement, of course, you know, one, one Jeff Hartman is, he was at his other day job. He was teaching and, and sometimes he has breaks during the day um, for his planning period. And we cover th- stuff and he actually has it planned out to where he, he's available during the Mike Tomlin press conferences each week, but he wasn't available for the, for the Art Rooney one. So I'm writing the article about it. And our system crashes, not not behind the steel curtain, SB Nation system for us to write articles. And it just crashes. And I lost, I was, no joke, I was putting in the last line of, of stay tuned to behind the steel curtain as the Pittsburgh, that's what I was doing. And it crashed and I lost half the article when it finally came back. But I had to wait a half an hour for it to come back. So that's sorry to those of you for it behind the steel curtain.com. That's why it wasn't such breaking news. Uh, we got, uh, we kind of got technical difficulties that we could never come, but those technical difficulties just went right in line with the Steelers technical difficulties today. My goodness. They go to do Mike Tomlin's press conference. You get partway through it. It starts breaking up and then boom, it's gone. They go to, you got to watch Bob Pompiani and Missy Matthews talking about what Coach Tomlin's, and they don't know what he's saying. They're trying to read Teresa Barley's tweets to tell us what's going on. If you're following Twitter, she's not as fast putting her tweets out as some of the other people that are there, because I guess they just can type with their thumbs faster. I don't know. So that happened. You had to, I had, you had to wait like a half an hour to then finally get the replay of, of the press conference. Oh, but on top of that, there was more technical difficulties. If we could, can we call them technical difficulties? Sure. Or, wait, or are they clerical, clerical errors? errors. Yes. <laughs> For those of you that might not know about the clerical errors, ah, uh, yesterday at 4 p.m., I was kind of surprised. They have, the Steelers announced their their um, depth chart. I thought unless the NFL mandated when they had to do it, I thought they would hold off. I thought they'd hold off until today at closer to 4 p.m. after a press conference and everything's announced and everything else. They had done it on Monday the year before, so I was ready for it. But they did it around 2 o'clock, like 1.30, 2 o'clock. Maybe a bit 2.30, I don't know. But it wasn't 4 o'clock. They did it 4 o'clock. That's the, that's the news dump on a holiday. They, they do the depth chart. And everyone's taking it because, you know, things were moved around. But one position where they didn't move it around was the quarterbacks. They left the quarterbacks how they were on the depth chart that they were at the beginning of the season. Now, 19 hours and 15 minutes later, 
They say, whoopsie, we screwed that up. There's a mistake. Here's the new one. Only change at quarterback. Then during the press conference, Coach Tom was asked about it. And he called it that it was due to a clerical error. Rich, I got to ask, you buying it? Um, I will say this. Yeah, yes, there, there was a, you know, I, I, I'm going into my own fun conspiracy theories here. Yes, there was a clerical error. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, my thought is the clerical error was that coach Tomlin left it how it was and ownership of the front office came back and said, coach Tomlin, that can't be right. That's wrong. You got to change that. That, that's that, a clerical it, error. That's a, it's funny because I put something in our Slack channel um, that I'm like, they're, they're like, well, why would they change it? I said, it could have been this conversation. And I said, MT, this is what, this is what Coach Tom's saying. It's like, it's, like, it's like, we feel that having Mason available to come off the bench, I shouldn't even say Mason, I said MR, M, MR2. It's better to have MR2 available to come off the bench in game if needed. Then in response to that, AR2 says, um, we're not going to sell number eight jerseys if they're not even standing on the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> now, do, is that really what happened? Can, are we saying that Coach Tomlin was overridden by ownership? No. no. Could it even been that that uh, there was just some disagreement among the coaches or front office or anything with it? Sure. Could it have been that it really should have been the other way around, but they didn't want to announce it yet? I think that might have been the other possibility. So Jeff Hartman and I are on the Breaking News podcast. He's all bad because Kenny Pickett's number three. I'm saying that I, I see why they would do it. And honestly, I still see why it would make sense if they chose to do that. Because... And people are like, oh, well, how's he ever going to get experience? What ex- if whether one guy's in clothes or the other one, the, you know, street clothes and the other one's in his uniform standing next to each other, the sideline, does it really matter if they're both standing on the sideline the whole time? Yeah. Does it really matter which one's which? No. No. So the only thing that matters is when someone goes into the game. And if they did not want Kenny Pickett to have to be, you know, it's a different mentality going into it, knowing that at any second on any snap, you would have to run onto the field. You know, other than sitting back, you know, and realizing, hey, you're not. So if they didn't want to put that on him for the first few weeks, I'd have been fine with that. I'd have been fine with that because Mason Rudolph's done it before. So as I brought up to to our dad tonight when I was at their house, it's like, look, the only reason... Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger didn't start his career as the number three quarterback. Because Charlie Batch got hurt. <laughs> is that Charlie Batch got hurt. Yeah. So he had to be the number two. Otherwise, yeah. he was the number three. Exactly. Exactly. He would have been standing there. And, I mean, higher draft pick, everything of that nature. You know, then there's some people that were arguing in the comments, no, Ben would have passed him if he wouldn't have got hurt. We'll never know. Ben was not ahead of him. When he got hurt, he got hurt early in camp. Yeah. I've all I've said the whole time, I was fine if Kenny Pickett was the third quarterback. I'm fine if Kenny Pickett's the second quarterback, and I'm fine if Kenny Pickett is the first quarterback. That's right. Because ultimately he passed the eye test. He really did this preseason. But 
remember our eye test. We're, we're only asked to read a quarter of the chart. The coaches and everything else, they got the whole chart in order to pass the eye test. They've got to see what they're doing. I was, I was even arguing, I would say what I ultimately want from Kenny Pickett is I want him to get as most, the, the most reps he can in practice as possible. Even if those reps are running the scout team. I don't care. People are like, oh, well, if he's on the scout team, I'm like, you're talking like you're banishing the guy to a closet. He's not allowed to know the offense's secret plan. No. When you run the scout team, you know what you're getting? Experience. If Whether it's Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, or some, some guy they bring in for a week to, to pretend to be a different quarterback, you know what that person's going to be doing? They're going to be reading a top tier defense and making a decision, even if it's not your own regular offense, you're still getting experience of reading the defense and trying to dissect it in order to make a play. Because the better you play as a scout offense, the better it's going to make the defense. That's just how it works. I ran my second year of coaching. I ran the scout offense for the varsity program. Oh my goodness. It was so much fun. Um, it wasn't like memorizing a playbook. I It was literally, I had a, a big stack of papers and I'd pick a play. I would, I would hold it up in the huddle and it showed every player what they were doing on that play. You didn't have to memorize a play call or anything else. You looked at where you were lined up and it showed you what you were going to do on that play. That's what running the scout team is. Then guess what you do? You go out and do what the thing says. You go out and do what the paper says. Go block the guy it says to block. Go run the route it says to run. Run the ball where it says it's supposed to go. That's what it is. And that's, honestly, as a football coach, sorry if I'm going off on this a little bit, that's where you find your real football players. You have someone that's not in your starting lineup, but 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 they're a player that can help you. You know where they emerge? They emerge on the scout team. That's what happens. Both sides of the ball. Because you're showing that you're willing to get out there and get the work in. You're showing what you can do. And every rep you get is one that you can improve to do better the next time. So ultimately, I don't care if it's a scout team. I don't care if it's running with the twos. I don't care what. I want Kenny Pickett to get every as many snaps as possible in every practice in order to aid in his development. There. I'm off my soapbox. Good. Get off your soapbox because good. Well, my comment is like you, you – I don't know. You're maybe taking too much into that this whole thing. My my fun from here is going to be the memes and everything else now that is going to be deemed a clerical error. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's 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 pretty interesting. <sighs> so, uh, so I, me, I can't, I can't I'm, I'm fine with either explanation why they wanted to do it. Go ahead. I can't wait for there be a time during this season where we have a quarterback in the game and they make a mistake somewhere and they're asked about it after the game. I so want to hear one of them blame it on a clerical error. Yes. I would love to say I would <laughs> that love would be it. hilarious. Yeah. Sorry. It was, it was on a clerical there error. It was a clerical error yeah. in the game plan. And, no, the, 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 the cut and paste got us. <laughs> Wait a second. I have the quote right here. Uh, I, I, I want to read it word for word in case you didn't hear it. Um, this was exactly what Mike Tomlin said when he was asked about it. Um, he said it was a clerical error. That's how the depth chart was listed at the start of training camp. The cut and paste component was the cut and paste component. 
How Tomlin is that? <laughs> okay. I don't know where you were watching, but I was I, I was on Facebook Live, and that was back up and live. Oh, I was it? Saw him on oh, Facebook. I, wish... I saw that part. I saw him well, make that answer live. Now, what I they did on the live show is they, they now, kept the live show going until they then went back and replayed it. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I, I didn't see the beginning because we had uh, orientation over at the college today, so I was busy. But I got back through and was scrolling down through, and all of a sudden it popped up, and he was just into answering questions. And oh my gosh, when he said that one, I about yeah. died. Yeah. Of course, I know knew that he had already caught a clear player with the cut and paste because everybody was talking about it in the Slack channel. So yeah. then when he when he got talking about the cut and paste component, oh my gosh, I was like, oh, this is so freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Reginald says, Dave, did you win that? Was he I wonder if he's asking about when I ran the scout offense? Of course, but, that's what he's asking about. I will tell you this at the high school I, I coached at. They have only ever won one postseason game in the history of the school. And it was with that team. And we beat the mighty, um, it was, I don't remember their mascot, um, the, the infamous Dunbar High School out of Baltimore. We beat them in the playoffs 41 to nothing that year. We had we had the best defense in the area because our scout offense pushed them hard. The I had four out of our five starting linemen for the regular offense running the scout offense. They were afraid to come out. They were afraid somebody else would come in and show what they could do and take their spot. They had to so they ran the scout offense. Everybody got better. It's 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 a good scout offense makes your defense better. A good scout defense makes your offense better. Anyway, um Tyler W, two dollars in the tip jar says I can't find the Survivor League sign up. Help. It's very simple, Tyler. If you go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com right now, it's the top article. It's the top article. It's picture Cam Hayward. It's right there. As you scroll through, right, there is a link just before the picture that gives you like the ID, uh, the league number, and the password. There is a link that says here. It's blue. Okay. It's not the first one, which is how to sign up for a Yahoo ID. It's the second one. That will take you straight there, have the password in and everything. You're signed up as long as you're logged into Yahoo. If you're not sure what Tyler W is talking about, it's your chance to win a Cam Hayward signed football. We announced it last week. It's our Survivor League. We are in league number three right now, and it's about halfway full. We will keep this going with signups up until 1 p.m. kickoff on Sunday when you can't enter in a team anymore. So if you if you aren't in it, get there. It's free. It's fun. We'll talk about it on the show. We'll we'll do articles about it on the website. Um, the last person standing wins the football. Lots of fun. Whew. So sorry that I went off a little little bit on that, but that's okay. Are, are you okay with the? Were you fine with the depth chart, no matter how it ended up? Oh, I was. Yeah, it Same didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't matter to me. They could have told me any one of the three quarterbacks was starting and any one of the three quarterbacks was the third string. And you know what? I'd have been all right with it. Yep. You know, I I assume Mitch was starting because I don't think he did anything to lose the job. And I, if they wanted to protect Kenny Pickett more, I get it. You know, and and here's one Mm -hmm. before we get onto this, because this is, this is a lot of good stuff to talk about. There is one narrative that I do not believe one bit. I don't know if it's happened in the live chat. 
couldn't tell you. I've seen it on Steelers Twitter or not. I saw it in comments on the articles. I do not believe for one second they are choosing their quarterback based on fear of them getting hurt behind this offensive line. No, we don't play. We don't play in our fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except in the playoffs. Except in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Wes, the answer is yes. It's the Dunbar poets. Thank you very much. <laughs> Somebody got out the Google machine. I'm sure. So, who? Yeah, I, I. That's not the way they're thinking. That's not the way they're thinking because they're not going in thinking, man. This, this. They might acknowledge that the line is struggling, but they're not going in saying, "Oh, well, this line is just going to get our quarterback killed, so we better save. We better save number eight. No, no, that no, no. We can talk about it all we want. That's a benefit of Kenny Pickett not being out there. I'm not going to deny that, but that has nothing to do with in, in the reason of, of what's going on. Um. So, is what it is. Rich, anything more you want to say about that? Or is there anything else from the press conference that jumped yeah, out at you on. either? Um, no, not really. Um, he did talk about the offensive line. And yeah. Said, you know, it's going to take some time for that cohesion. And he says it's not going to be something that just happens instantaneously. It's going to be a process. I agree with that. And I think that process and how far that process goes is the biggest factor going into 2022, which is when the Steelers go to Cincinnati this Sunday, 1 p.m. at whatever they call that ridiculous stadium. I don't, I don't know that it's ridiculous. I just um, – we'll call it an Escalooser Field. That's what we'll call it now. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> That <laughs> they go in there, Steelers on the road again to start the season with a formidable opponent and six and a half point underdogs, which is exactly what happened last year. Yes, exactly it what was happened last year. Six. It was it's the same line, same line. Last year they were going up against a team that was everybody's, not everybody's, but quote unquote everybody's is what they say that a number of people had chosen for it to be their Super Bowl favorite when the Steelers went into Buffalo to face the Bills. That was a very popular pick for them to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And who knows if uh, if they could have kept up, <laughs> if they could have used 13 seconds to not give up a field goal, yeah. they might have very well been representing and who knows how that game would have, you know, those next two games would have been really interesting if it would have been that team. Um, but hey, that's why you got to play all 60 minutes. So, but that was a team that was just, oh, they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. This is a team that did it last year. How do you compare, just out of curiosity, how do you compare the toughness of the matchup last year versus the toughness of the matchup this year? Um, I don't know. Only, only, only one thing just kind of keeps running through my head. And, and you know, it, and that is somehow last year the the Bungles bungled their way into the Super Bowl. Um, I will always sit there and think, you know what? It's it's the Bungles. Yeah, the yeah. Bungles. Can they be good from time to time? Yes, they can. Do they ever scare me? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I watched 
I don't know who shared it. Someone on Twitter. It might have been Bob Pompiani, or it might have been the Steelers itself. It was a kind of a hype thing, hype video for. It was a couple minutes long. Showed some history between the Steelers and Bengals. Although the opening scene they had was actually against the Browns, but oops. Um, and some of the history they showed. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster laying out Vontez Perfect. They showed a big hit by Heinz Ward. They, they didn't show. Wasn't it against the Bengals that 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 AB kicked the punter? No, that was the Browns. Jump them. That was the that Browns. was the Browns too. Yeah. Okay, then I get the two of them mixed up. It's the it's it's a sad franchise that is still struggling Where's to get that god awful orange. Yes, but I will tell you one thing about the Bengals. When I go back and I look at that, and you see the infamous Joey Porter with Pac Man Jones and Fontes Perfect with the hit that you know they, they the Steelers come back and after shutting out the Bengals for three quarters and then lost the lead, come back and win that game. This is not the same Bengals to me. It's the same fr- franchise, but that culture has completely changed. And it's actually one that could be successful. It's actually more of a winner's mentality culture with the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you see that team as a, as a different team as it, the, that they were, you know, f- five, eight years ago? Um, yeah, they've got a little more of that swagger, but but here's how I always look at it, okay? Mm-hmm. Here's the biggest difference in opening up against the Bengals this year versus the Bills last year. We're going to start week one with AFC North football. Yes. And I think everybody knows and realizes, you know, there's a lot of talk that, you know, the AFC North is always one of the tougher divisions in football. And honestly, any AFC North team has the possibility of beating any other AFC North team on any given Sunday. Yes. That's AFC North football. That's, that's what Coach Tomlin says. That's that. right. That's AFC North football. Yeah. And I don't expect to see anything different this Sunday than AFC North football. Yeah. To me, I think that organization started to try to say, hey, you know what? We've got two others in this division that are pretty successful. Because as much as I don't like that purple team, you can't say that they're not a successful franchise. It just... I, I I would be that would be contradictory to facts that they have been there, you know, one championship since they've since that ugly orange team turned into that ugly purple team. You know, that that's what they've done. And, so and to look, me and, and even in terms of that, I give credit where credit is due there. In my opinion, that terrible purple team down east mm-hmm. was turned around by one person. Mm-hmm. Aussie news. Aussie news. Yes. Yes. But hey, when you hey, have hate Baltimore as yeah. much as you do, got to respect. I that. thought Aussie Newsom turned that team around and turned it really helped turn it into a yeah, win. absolutely. And and when it comes to to that, when you got both the Steelers and the Ravens in in the division, you kind of have two franchises that you could say, how do they do things, and can we do it that way? And it seems like. <laughs> The Browns just don't get it. They go out there. They're paper champions every offseason. Oh, man, the Browns. Look out for the Browns. Look at what they did. Look at what they added. But this this last offseason, of if anything, shows you that there's a price to that at times. There was a big price to it this year. Yeah. So, But when it comes to the 
to the Bengals. It's that's just a team that seems like they're willing to do what they need to do to to try to get that culture. I think they've got a decent coach. I think they've really turned things around within the organization. So I I have to say, they made the Super Bowl last year. Got to respect them. That's a good opponent. But this last year, the Steelers went into Buffalo and shocked a lot of people by coming out of there with a win. What would that mean doing it this week? And don't give me the don't give me the 30 seconds in the show's over answer that you gave me before the show. What would it mean for the Steelers to go into go into I'm gonna say Buffalo, go into Cincinnati and come out with a victory? Um it, it would mean that they got their season kicked off exactly the way they've envisioned it. Okay. Um you you know everybody from the players to the coaching staff, like they have had weeks and weeks and weeks basically to prepare for this week one game mm-hmm. and they will have a plan. They will have a way they want to execute. And my thought is if they win that game, they're going to feel that they did the things they needed to do, which then just potentially starts your year off on that positive roll. Mm-hmm. And that's what we thought last year. And then they drop the next two. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, if if that was a huge win against the Bills, that was a huge win against the Bills. But if you would have told me, hey, you can go one and two and beat the Bills, or you can go two and one and lose the Bills, I'd take the two and one. Yeah. You know, because you, it, it, you've got to build on it. And that's, that didn't happen. Now, granted, the Steelers were dealing with some injuries and stuff already right away early on. I mean, that, my goodness, they didn't have either of their outside linebackers for a game in there. Whew. So it is what it is. But to, to me, going in and winning this game would be, I would almost think, even a step up from last year. And you might think I'm crazy, but this team, just their last game they played that meant anything was the Super Bowl. And now the Steelers who, because granted, was the number about the same last year for the over-under and the wins? It was low last year. I don't yeah. know if it was seven and a half or if it was eight and a half. It might have been slightly higher, but it, it was like this. And a lot of people were picking the Steelers to come in last in the division and stuff last year. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger, he can't move in the pocket. Yeah, no, he can't. But the Steelers still found a way and that's what they have to ultimately do when they go in here to Cincinnati and find a way. What I'm going to say is, do I, do I think that the Steelers are going to go in and, and, and and, all I'm telling you, they can't win this game because no, absolutely not. They proved last year. They can do it. I believe that they can. The question is, will they, I don't, I don't know that I've ever felt a game, especially since I've joined behind the steel curtain for sure. But I don't know that I've ever felt, that there's a game that the Steelers couldn't win. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think they could win the Super Bowl in, in the 95 season, but I, but I mean, I was just in high school. What did I know? You know, I didn't actually expect them to win, but I mean, they, I feel like they have a chance to, to win every game they go into. And I feel what again this Sunday. Same. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why honestly in the end for multiple reasons, but especially because we're talking AFC North football, that that line of minus six and a half really doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Yeah, yeah, Be- because that's what it is. And I'll be honest with you, 
I was at the casino a couple weeks ago, about a week and a half ago. I laid a th- well, first of all, I wanted to put put something down on the Steelers in the win total. Unfortunately, you know, the seven and a half, I wanted to take the the over, but because you know the casino's got to take their part of it, it it was at minus 110 was the odd. So if you know, if I bet 20 bucks, I'm only going to make 18. And I'm like, that's that's uh, whether you picked over or under, that's what it was. But man, I got much better odds by going eight and a half that the, for the Steelers to go over the eight and a half. I got much better odds because I mean, it, a, a $20 bet, I'd bring in my $20 back plus another 32, 52 bucks on that one. I'm like, that's a no brainer to take the extra game there. But I also did a three game parlay. I did not include the Steelers because I could see this game. I could see this game going crazy in either direction. I mean, could you see the Steelers defense coming out there and dominating and the Bungles bungle it up and the Steelers jump out to a big lead and keep it the whole time? Yes. Could I see the opposite happening? Yes. yes. Could I see a close game and not and, and see how it turns out at the end? Yes. yes. I can see all those things with this one because it's AFC North football. Your spot on there. Um, yeah. It, it, that, that, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so to, so to put this in perspective, if the Steelers don't win this game, it's not the end of the world. Now, does it suck to start the season 0-1 in the division? Yeah. It absolutely does. Does it put them a little bit more behind the eight ball than it would otherwise? Yes. But this is also one of the best opponents on paper when it comes to the odds that they're facing this year. So if they come out and and win this game, that means a lot. That means a lot. And if the Steelers don't win this game, what it's going to mean more than anything is how they don't. You know, how the game ultimately plays out. You want to see this team be successful. I'm going to give you a little analogy here. TJ Watt, reigning defensive player of the year. He tied the NFL record with 23 and a half sacks last year. Do you expect him to break it this year? I don't I don't worry about that. Yeah, I don't either. And that's that was TJ's answers too. He's they asked him about him coming back this year and what's he going to do this year and he all he puts it all back into a team focus. Love it. So here's, I mean, what, here's just something the fans talk about. If that were the case then you know for me, every time the quarterback drops back and doesn't hand off the ball, I expect T.J. Watt to sack the quarterback. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind, of the, kind of the expectation there. Now, is he going to do it every single time the quarterback drops back? No. Yeah. But I kind of expect it. <laughs> yeah, but he, here's the deal. T.J. Watt had 23 and a half sacks last year. What if he? What if he comes up just short? What if he only gets 20 and a half? Do you think that's all right? Yes, that's fine. Because guess what? Do you know how many times in the history of the NFL a player has had back-to-back seasons with 20 or more sacks? No, I can't say I've ever, you know. One time. 
And it was before sacks were even an official individual statistic. So they didn't even know it, but it's where pro football reference has gone back and retroactively assigned sacks to people. They kept it as a team stat. So they know how many sacks were in a game, but they weren't assigned to an individual person. They went back and did it one time. Deacon Jones did it. I'm pretty sure the years were 67 and 68. I might be off there, but it was in the late 60s. One time in the history of the NFL has a player gone back-to-back seasons with 20 sacks. If TJ Watt does that, that's amazing. Now, is that me saying that I, because of that, I don't think he's going to do it? No. That's me saying that if he does, then you need to put the greatness of it into perspective. And that's kind of how I feel about the Steelers going into this game this week. If they win this game this week, it is a really big deal. It's a really big deal. You agree? Um, take the word really often. Okay. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I'm ready to say that it's a really big deal. Um, yeah. I don't care who the opponent, but see, I look at it as it doesn't matter a whole lot who the opponent is in week one. If you go out in week one and get a win, that's a big deal. Because really only half the league does that. That's correct. So. But you also have to admit, based on if you're home or on the road, and based on the quality of your opponent based on the previous years, mainly what you have to go off of. You know, if, if you knock off the Super Bowl champion the first week of uh, the next year, now, could it be, could it be, uh, I can't even remember the, the year with the Florida Marlins with baseball where they, you know, they won the World Series and nobody was back the next year. It doesn't really, it doesn't generally work that way in the NFL, but I mean, people could retire, move on, things like that. But, that's that is a, a little bit more to the victory, in, in my opinion. So, to me, when you look at this game being one of the more difficult ones on the schedule, if you can end up pulling out one of the more difficult games on the schedule the very first week, I, I think that's important. There, there, there are two teams actually that you could weigh that weigh this a little bit more for them this week if they win in week one. Okay. One of which is the Pittsburgh Steelers because they're playing one of the participants from the Super Bowl last year. And the other one would be the Buffalo Bills because they're playing the other participant in the Super Bowl from last year. Yeah. So wins for either of those teams, you do have to say they're going to have to feel uh, maybe a little better about them than they would if they were playing someone else. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's just how it is. So I'll just kind of put that in perspective. It's one of those, it's a much bigger deal that if the Steelers win the game, than it is a bigger deal in the opposite direction. If they don't win this game. And if they do, and as I said before, if they don't, it's kind of how they don't, but at the same time, if they win the game, how they win the game is also going to mean even more. I mean, if they, if, if, if it's a beat down, my goodness, that really says something. So to me right now, the Steelers are flying a little bit more under the radar. People think that, oh, well, you know, Mike Tomlin's never done it without Ben Roethlisberger. Let's see how it goes. I, I'm so excited. I can't wait for it. So you ready to roll into what we do at the end? Or is there something else you want to talk about first? Um, 
No, you know, if I have one more thing to say about the game this week, win or lose, mm-hmm. it's the ever famous "let's get out of it unscathed" physically. Yeah. No, no way do you ever want to start the season with things like that going on. So let's let's see what we can do to get everybody. Let's let's play a good game, win or lose, and get out healthy. You know. Definitely want to try to get that win and come out of there. Um, but if you don't, but you play a good game and you keep everybody healthy, you say, you know what? We were there. We battled. We got a few things we need to work on or fix. We're going to work on those things, get them fixed. Let's move on to week two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to go back and find where I was trying to keep a comment to bring up and unfortunately i can't find it so i'm just going that's it i'm sorry for i can't even remember who it was so i apologize but they had they had the, the best comment they're like if the steelers just don't turn the ball over then they have a great opportunity to win the game they might have even yeah. said they will win the game they had five turnovers in the two games with the Bengals last year yeah five five yeah coach Tomlin talked about that today you got to take care of the football so there's, you know, they had two in one game, three in another. So that's a, that's another thing to look at. And half the NFL was going to fall and defeat, barring a tie, uh, the first week of the season. And there will be a number of those teams that will make the postseason. And there will be a number of the teams that win in week one that don't make the postseason. You just got to remember that when you put the first week into perspective. So the key is, like you said, Come out of it as healthy as possible with no long-term repercussions. Um, Put yourself in a position to win the game and then see what happens at the end. That's that's what I'm looking for. I'll be honest with you. When it comes to my prediction, you ready for the predictions? Whenever you are, yes. My prediction, I, I have it detailed, man. I have a super detailed prediction. That you'll give on Thursday. On the preview (laughs) on Thursday. I mean, I have, dude, I have a halftime score and then how the second half plays out. That is how detailed my prediction is. Um, um, and, and, and it'll be interesting to see. So for those of you that might not remember how it works, BF Bud, you should know better. You don't put your score in until after I type the words that you see in the live chat that says scores. Rich is going to have gives his score. If you write just a number, we are assuming that you're saying that the Steelers win. If you are saying that that the opponent is going to win, you need to state that with your number. So, Rich, everyone's getting ready, okay, yep. to put their scores in the live chat. There, I bet you a bunch of people already have it typed in, just waiting to hit enter. So, Rich, tell us what is your score prediction for this Sunday when the Steelers visit Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet and not go too long into explanation, but I expect to see what I consider to be typical AFC North football. I expect the game to be tight. I expect it to come down to a couple of plays in the fourth quarter. Uh, in the end, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take, I'm going to actually take Cincinnati 24, 21 over the Steelers Steelers cover, but lose the game. Uh, they play well. Um, but but the Bengals just get an extra play or two in the fourth quarter to to pull out a three point win. So all right, there's some people that jumped the jumped gun. Jumped the gun. That's uh, right. You're gonna have to put it in there again. 
Get to jump the gun because the first one to get it in there is Steel Dog 88. Says 23 16 Steelers. Wow, they're coming in fast. Yes, they are. Okay. Um, Sean Manahan says Steelers 23, Bengals 13. I'm not reading the rest of that. Kathy Ford. Hey, Kathy. I got to give a shout out to Kathy when we go to finish the show. Um, Kathy says 21 18 Steelers. Jeffrey says 6 nothing Steelers. Man. <laughs> That would be some old school football. Uh, I'd love it. School. Okay, that, that, Christopher, that would be an that would be an AFC North. School. That'd be an AFC North matchup. That sounds more like a hurricane game, if you know what I mean. Um, Christopher Eleven says twenty one seventeen Immaculate Steelers. Okay, Joe McCamey. Did I say it right? I don't know. I hope so. 23-21 Steelers. Usually you tell me if I say it wrong, Rich. That's what I'm asking. I'm I just didn't feel him. like I just I'm not asking like Joe. <laughs> He's not gonna answer. I'm tired. Okay, uh, Steelers Pittsburgh says 24-17 Steelers. Brad, Brad, Brad Jewett says 28-24 Cincy. Okay, um, BF Bud says 34-24 Bungles. Michael O'Malley says 24-17. That would be Steelers. Mr. Woodsy says Bengals 24-20. Okay, Craig Lawson says 30-27 Steelers. Kyle Smith says 24-17 Bengals. Uh, Frosty the Beard says Steelers 13, Bungles. Uh, I said 13. My, there's my dyslexia coming out again. Steelers 31, Bungles 23. Okay. I always mess up. Mirna, Jane, and Bert. Is it Myra or Mirna? We always say Bert. I, I don't know, know but it, Bert always says hi from Maui. So, yep. you know. Oh, and it's got the. Uh, that's a pretty nice picture there for the profile with the, with the with the flag, uh, there at that that's Heinz Field because you can still see the ketchup bottles. Uh, so that wasn't in the preseason. Sorry, 21-24 Steelers. Okay, state of the Steelers, twenty-seven seventeen Steelers. Bart Mackey says twenty-four twenty-one Steelers. Patricia Castaneda says twenty-seven twenty-four Steelers. Um, Mike Moore says 27. I'm hoping we get more of that later. <laughs> got, a, got a partial That's score. Got a partial that. score. You, you know what that you know what that reminds me of? 70. We might be wrong. Okay, sorry. The part the partial score. Yes. You should remember that. The got the from back in your high school playing days. Hmm, the partial score. Former county commissioner Brasky used to always oh. run through scores and he'd always here's a partial score, and he'd just Say a number. number. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Brandon, we better roll through this. Brandon McDaniel says 23-17 Steelers over the Bengals. Um, MT Soul says 27-24 Steelers. Um, Nate Vance Lake says 27-24 Steelers. Those were back-to-back. But one was Facebook, one was YouTube. They didn't steal it from each other. That's right. They didn't okay. steal from each other. Uh, Reginald River says 23-16 Steelers. Rhino Blackbeard says 27-17 Steelers. Sherry Richards. Hey, Sherry. 23-21 Steelers. Um, um, Thomas Eads says 20-17 Steelers. Um, here we go. Um, wait, we both hit. Did you hit that one at the same time I did? I don't know. What? NBA Crypto Boy says, just got on, but 24-21 Steelers. CD says 23-21 Steelers. 
Um, I try to leave these up so people can read the rest of it if they want to, but I'm just saying the numbers. Uh, John um, Funker, there we go, says, <laughs> got to say that slowly so I don't screw that one up. Um, yeah. 21-9 Steelers. Joseph Donovan says 31-17 Steelers. Eric Per... I, I've gotten you, this right in the past. Uh, you've gotten it correct in the past, but you know, you'll know you mess it up. Go ahead. Eric <laughs> <laughs> 23-24 Steelers. Uh, no, I'm, I know I've gotten it right in the past. That's why I'm second-guessing it. Okay? I, it's like it won't come out of my mouth. Okay? Um, Carnivore Journey says 16-13 Steelers. Ed Mahoney says 31-24 Steelers. Um, Mackle Dew says 30 to 17 Steelers. Harvey Stone says 17, 16 Steelers. Terry Biddinger, 20 to 10 Steelers. Tate Boys, Tate Boys. Hey, uh, I, I was in the live chat of his show on Sunday. That was a lot of fun. Uh, 26, 24 Steelers. Um, I dropped that Deacon Jones thing in there as well. And Jeffrey fixed my years. I, I was off by a year when I quoted that earlier. Um, was it uh, Dante Harris says 27, 18 Steelers. Um, Jeremiah Yoder says 27, 16, our Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll say that one. Um, <laughs> the one that was a partial score. Kathy figured out what it was. Yeah, hilarious. It was a clerical error. <laughs> yes. It was a clerical error. <laughs> Charles Webb, 24, 23 Steelers. Um, uh, I already got Terry's in there. I got, they came out again. And I think that's everyone that I am caught up with. Yes. Whew! So, yeah. I, I'm just excited. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it was great to see the Steelers playing in the preseason. It really was. But I was so focused on the Steelers. I mean, when they were playing that game in Jacksonville, I didn't even care if – if Jacksonville hit that field goal at the end or not. I really didn't. Right. It didn't matter at all. You know what? This week, it matters. This is where the nerves get racked up. This is where you're exactly. biting on your terrible towel. This is where you're a little bit more likely to throw things at the television um, well, on this let, let me Let me tell you this. Trying to do knee-jerk reaction articles in the preseason is very difficult. Rich. Because I don't feel like this. You know what I mean? I, I'm it's not, not feeling the same. This thing. Hey, we divided it up. No one had to do more than one. You were the right. you you set everything up. Kyle did one game. I did one game. You did one game. It worked out pretty well. That's really tough for. But, <laughs> to but do we all bunch. we all had the same similar yeah. things. It's like you get into the second half and you're just like, yeah, it's kind of preseason football, whatever. Don't yeah. feel that way during the regular season. So I'm ready to to yeah. you know. Need that bottle of Pepto, you know, sitting right next to me while the game's going on. You know, that's that's the only way the Steelers seem to play in the regular season. Make us all sweat. Make us all, you know, need the Tums, need the Pepto. Got to just, you know. Even when we were there at that Denver game, they were up and they were in control for so long. And the next thing you know, they got to have an interception in the end zone in order to win it. Um, yeah. Uh, we did get one more score. Rand, would you say Rands? Because I'm... I 87 I rock Z maybe. Yep. Okay. He says 27, 24 overtime Steelers win. So there we go. All right. To finish up before I turn it over to you, I said, I wanted to give a shout out to Kathy. 
I know I mentioned it last week, and I know Brian's mentioned it on a number of podcasts about how it's been one week now that since my my book was released. It's not about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I said I don't want to talk about it a lot because that's not what this is about. We we're here to talk about the Steelers, and that's what it is. I'm not just here um, to to promote that. But I have to say thank you for those of you that have that have reached out to me or said things in the in the live chat. Those of you that that have supported me with it, Kathy received the book. Um, that that was what was that? Was it the Q and A? Was it was it during the Q and A that the I was in there in the live chat? She received the book the day before and stayed up all night reading it. And then so. Thank you so much. I really want to give a shout out to Kathy with that. Um, for those of you that might be here for the first time, it's like, well, what's he talking about? I don't want to leave you hanging there. I do have a book. It's on Amazon. Um, it's a it's a YA. Oh, she says she still wants an autograph. I'm going to work that out, Kathy. I'm trying to figure that out. You know uh, of exactly how how will how I can get a copy signed that of people that already have it. How I can sign their copy. But uh, it's available on Amazon. It's under David Schofield. It's called Ghost Warriors. If you're interested in it, it's a YA fantasy adventure novel because it's appropriate for for you know middle school readers, but it's also enjoyed up through adult. So I just mainly went anything wanted to say thank you to everyone since I did mention it on this show the, the first time last week. So thank you very much. Whew, I now now that I get past that. Oh man, I'm I'm excited about this game. How about you, Rich? What do you got to say to finish up? All right. So, of course, I'm excited about this game. Uh, I will, before I get a couple words on the game, uh, would like to mention uh, I still have some uh, New York Jets tickets I'm looking to get rid of for the 2nd of October. Uh, I have already got, had someone come in, come through Dave uh, after hearing the podcast, and the Bengals tickets are now gone. But if and that's a that's a primetime game. That's a harder one to get rid of, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I thought so too. So I thought the Jets game coming off that mini buy, people might be thinking that might be the first KP8 sighting. Maybe who knows? Potentially, but yeah. um, you know, just uh, let's see. What are my section five twenty four roquet? Mm-hmm. Um, have two seats up there. Uh, two hundred dollars for the pair. Um, it's a pretty decent deal. Just friends and family make, price. That's, that's right. That's the friends and family price. You come in through, through BTSC, you get the friends and family price. So, um, if anybody's interested, you can reach out to Dave or find a way to reach out to me. We'll, we'll see what we can get worked out. So, but ultimately what I'm really excited for right now is Sunday. Actually, you know what? Before Sunday, I'm excited for Friday because you know, bow season comes in on <laughs> so we get, get to go out and hunt a little bit maybe friday and saturday and not what are you sun- thinking about not- the whole time <laughs> oh football of course it's like but not going out on sunday because yeah one o'clock sunday i'll be sitting on my butt wearing my sealer gear up in front of the tv um doing my knee-jerk reaction article and just probably yelling and screaming so much that Kyle can't take it anymore. And he leaves and comes downstairs um, <laughs> just to get away from me. Yep. Um, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed, I've missed it. I've yes. missed it so much. Um, you know, the season ends and we think about, Oh, it's going to be so long. Oh, it's going to take forever to get here. Guess what? It's here. It's here. Coming Sunday. Can't wait. When I know that it can never really be the same. How could I move forward?
looking backwards I'm just standing still 